Hey, welcome to the sermon series from Life Church Green Bay. It's our mission to bring the life-giving message of Jesus to the 920 and beyond. We're so glad you're here. If this is your first time joining us, we want to do life with you. While you're listening, fill out our hello card on our website so we can connect with you. Visit lifechurchgreenbay.com forward slash hello to fill it out. Make sure to check the I'm new here and online options while filling out the card. Again, we're so glad you're with us today. Here's this week's message. Good morning. Hey, before I get started, I just, I just felt something in that song that I want to encourage you guys on. And I, I said this probably a month ago. That in the Bible, it says that the promises of God are fulfilled in the life of Jesus. And that we can believe for it with a yes and an amen. And I'm really excited for this message. But I know myself. And I know that there's moments when I get excited, I kind of talk fast. And, and I, for some of us, we, we grew up Lutheran, we grew up Catholic, where you're like, hey, we don't talk back, okay? Like, we're respectful. But like, here's the thing, there's something powerful about an amen. There's something powerful about a yeah and a green. Not for my benefit, but what we do is we take the promises of God. We take the word of God and say, I'm gonna apply that to my life. And so the amen is powerful. The clap is powerful because it brings excitement about his word. So I want to encourage you in that before we get into today's message, because I just think for some of us, I know it's going to be hard. And, and sometimes we're like, I, 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 we go, do I clap now? And I'm going to try not to rush so much because I do believe that there's going to be something powerful about us, not just hearing the word, but engaging in the word. Amen. All right. Cool. Cool. So open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like one, just raise your hand real quick. We'd love to bring you one that you can borrow or keep. But if you don't own a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible. It could be your first Bible. This could be your starter Bible that you have in your life. But also, you can go to the YouVersion or the Bible app. It's, you can download it on your phone. It's free. And not only are the scriptures going to be there, but if you click on the More tab, go to Events, go to Life Church Green Bay, all the notes and scriptures are also going to be there for you to look and to follow along. Also, if you're watching online, hey, we're glad you're here. We wish you were here, but we're glad you're there. But I'm glad you guys are here as we are almost coming to a close on this series, Summer on the Mount. And I know like for some of us, like it's, it's not summer anymore. It's technically summer still. We got like a couple more weeks of it. But this whole series has been us going through the summer talking about the Sermon on the Mount, where Jesus went on the Mount and he began to teach messages that just changed and flipped the way we looked at God, the Bible, religion, and everything. And, and week by week, we've been using and just breaking down some of the scriptures and some of the things that Jesus said to those people thousands of years ago. And we're going to continue on that with Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to read the first uh, five verses out of the NIV. And it says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you'll be judged. And with the same, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. The title of my message this morning, I call, read that again. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for this group of people here today, watching online, watching in person, who I believe, Lord, you're going to do amazing things in their life. 
Lord, that you're going to begin to change the way we look at your word and how we apply it to our life. So Lord, be with this message. Be with every aspect. I pray we would not just hear the word, but we would agree with the word and we would begin to obey the word in our everyday life. In Jesus' name, amen. So this past week, I made a decision, being that school has started, that I am going to leave my work stuff at work, and when I come home, I'm just coming home not as Pastor Dallas, but as dad, as husband, as dog owner. Because I realized that, you know what, my wife, my kids, they need, they don't need Pastor Dallas, they need dad. They need dad to help with everyday things, especially now with homework, they need help with their homework. And I know, I don't know if I'm alone on this, but sometimes helping with homework's hard. We'll look at it and you're like, I forgot this already, like gosh. We have to YouTube stuff. Like, what are you doing? I'm YouTubing this. I don't remember this. Seventh grade was a long time ago. But there's times I don't know if I'm the only one. But for some reason, when I'm helping my kids reading books, they don't sound out a word they don't know or ask for help. They just guess. And sometimes it's not just words. They'll do whole sentences. Or I'm like, whoa, whoa, what are you reading? Read that again. They're like, I did. I'm like, that's not even, that's not even close to being right. Read it again. But I also found out this past week that uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Uh, six months ago, we got a dog that we named Dr. Leo Marvin. He has a PhD in love. He's a great dog. And even though he's the family dog, I let my kids know, that's my dog. All right? So like when you guys leave, he's staying with me. Like, I want him to love me the most, okay? Just know he's my dog. And my daughter called me out one day. She goes, well, if he's your dog, shouldn't you be taking him out on walks? I said, make a good point. And I want him to love me the most. So therefore, yes, I'm going to go take him for a walk. And so we're going for a walk. He's loving it. He's like pulling me and stuff like that and going around the neighborhood, which I love. I love my neighborhood. And all of a sudden, I see this dumpster that's in someone's house. And it, it's this dumpster right here. And I look at it, and I know it says Harders, but for some reason, <laughs> instead of reading it again, I just blurted out in front of my dog and anyone hearing, haters! <laughs> and like that blurt, I think some of us think we know the scripture I just read. Oh, I know that one. For some of us, maybe we don't even like know the Bible, but we like know two verses. I know the John 3, 16 one, and I know the one you read. I don't know where it's from, but yeah, I know that verse. And a lot of times we'll actually even say the verse like in King James. Doesn't the Bible say, judge not, lest thee be judged? I don't know why we say it like that, but we do. And so we think we know what that scripture means. Uh, yeah, I know that verse. Like, yeah, this is easy. Yeah, we're going to get out here early. Just don't judge me. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't judge me. I know you want to judge me, but don't judge me. But as I'm reading the Bible and I read things in context, I read things in a whole, it's, it's a lot more than that. I know that because in verse 15 of Matthew 7, after he says these first five verses, he tells them to watch out for false prophets. They come to see you and they come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. Well, how do we watch out? We may have to judge to see if they're a sheep or they're a wolf. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter five, it isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the outside, but as the scripture says, you must remove 
evil person from among you. So looking at scripture like these, we shouldn't focus on if we should judge as much as when should we judge. And I've seen all throughout the Sermon on the Mount that if there was a key theme that Jesus was trying to say in the Sermon on the Mount is, I want your heart. More than your hands, more than your head, more than your actions, I want your heart. So for me, I look at this and I go, okay, I, I believe that Jesus is trying to get to the heart of our judgment. So if I don't have the right heart, should I not judge then? But how do I know if I have the right heart? What if, how do I know if my heart is right? Well, if you're taking notes, I think there are a few mindsets that we shouldn't have when it comes to judging. So if you're taking notes, don't judge if, meaning I'm not gonna judge if my heart and my mind is this. So number one, don't judge if your judgment is selfish and not selfless. Verse one says it, do not judge or you too will be judged. So we have to ask ourselves: does my judgment have selfish motives? Where I say, hey, I'm just trying to help, man. I'm just trying to help you out. But in all reality, I just don't like what you're doing. Like, I think it's stupid. I think it's gross. I think it's ugly. I, I just don't like it. But we'll say, hey, I'm trying to help, man. I'm just trying to help. But the reality is we're, we're saying in our hearts, I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. It bothers me. It's annoying. But we see Jesus again in John chapter 7, verse 24. He says, stop judging by mere appearances. Instead, judge correctly. So he's saying, don't just judge on the outside, judge the inside. Meaning, are we coming to conclusions just on the way people look? Are we judging and thinking we know someone's character because of something they said? Or the, maybe the way they, re, they reacted? Are we coming to our own conclusions say they must be this person who has this heart and is going in this direction and therefore I need to judge them? Do we see things where we go, nope, I don't like it, so I gotta let them know. I don't know if you've seen the movie Jesus Revolution. It's on Netflix, you can watch it there. I think it's a great movie, I cried a lot in it. I cried like seven times. It was, I know. I, I cried, actually, I rewatched this scene I'm gonna talk about, and, I, and my wife came in the room and, the, and she's like, what's wrong? I'm like, this scene, I don't know what is about this scene. So the, the movie has to, it's a true story about a man named Pastor Chuck who was played by Kelsey Grammer. And he meets this hippie named Lonnie who wants to come to his church and Pastor Chuck actually lets Lonnie come up and say a few words. And he goes up to the front, this you know, old tiny church and he's got no shoes on and he breaks down the book of Acts. But he says in such a hippie way, he's like, man, the book of Acts is cool, man. And you know, people are like, yeah, like they're liking it, except for like the church members, like the people in the suits, they are not liking, they're like, uh-uh. And there's a scene that one of the church members goes to Pastor Chuck and says, hey, you gotta get these guys out of here. Like you're gonna lose us if you don't get these people out of here. And so out of fear, he, he goes along and he's like, hey man, you know, he's about to tell them that they gotta go. You just got to go somewhere else. It's just not going to work out. And, and Lonnie stops and goes, hey, man, I, I want to show you what's happening. And he brings him into his living room where it's just full of hippies. Hippies are everywhere. But all of a sudden, they start playing this song and talks about how we need to bring God into our hearts. And he's singing it. And man, Kelsey Grammer did such a great job of just looking at them 
and smiling. And he starts crying and he's like, in that moment, you could tell that he changed his mind because he saw their heart more than he saw their appearance. And so he goes in the movie and he says, hey, anyone's welcome. And if you don't like that, then maybe you should go. And it says people went and the church was forever changed. See, God wants our heart more than he wants our appearances. He wants us to be willing to connect with someone beyond just the surface level. Then we can make the accurate judgment. And that goes both positive and negative. Because here's the reality, some people are gonna have appearances that look right, but they don't have the right heart. Remember I said, wolves in sheep's clothing? So he's saying we can't just look at the surface level. We actually need to get to know people before we start making judgments. And in that turn, we allow them to get to know us. Because if I'm gonna speak in their lives, I need to also allow them to speak into my life and they know me beyond the surface level. That I want them to have a connection and, and, and make that determination of where I'm at. And so I can see the heart. I can see the direction. I have made relationship. And therefore, I am willing to judge and speak in the right way. But if you can't do that, then maybe you shouldn't judge. Here's number two. Don't judge if you can't handle the bounce back. Verse two says, for in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Now that word measure is not like measuring tape. It's actually what you give. Because you know back then they didn't just give money, sometimes they gave herbs and, and oils and things like that. So it was a measure of it. But a lot of times when you gave a good measure, you gave a generous measure. And so he's saying the same thing happens. When you give something generously, they will give it generously back to you. I brought a basketball up. I know it's football season, but a football would not work in this scenario. It would probably hurt someone, poke you in the eye, and then I get an email. But I love basketball. It's one of my favorite sports. And I love the science of basketball because science says that when you throw something at a certain force, it bounces back at the same force. And so this is a good rhythm have good control, I'm able to talk to you guys and, and you know, stay focused and you know, it's, it's great. But when I start to change it, like maybe I try to go a little smaller and I'm trying to do things and you know, it actually takes a lot of work and it's actually not that impressive. Or maybe if I go a little too hard, I have some control, but it's a little harder. And maybe if I go harder, it gets a little harder control. Same goes with our words and actions. God wants us to have a good measure where we're generously giving wisdom and love and it takes patience and repetition, meaning you shouldn't say one harsh statement at one time. It takes a continual rhythm of that bounce back, speaking and receiving, speaking and receiving. But sometimes we wanna speak like this where we're just saying little words. We're saying things like, hey, you good? And we assume they know what that means. And then we get surprised when like, we find out they robbed the bank. They're like, yeah, I'm good. Isn't that good? Like what? <laughs> or maybe we lose patience and we see them do things that we don't like and we say, stop. Oh, sorry. 
I, I actually lost control of that for a second. And I get nervous. I'm like really afraid I'm going to hit some of you guys. And I, I don't mean to. But that's the reality. Sometimes we get patient. We say stop. And then we lose control. And we go, oh no, what happened? And the same is with our words. When we lose patience with people, we go, you need to stop doing that. And we get shocked when they come back and go, of course you're going to be like one of those Christians who are hypocritical and judgmental. And that's why I don't go to the church. And that's why I don't like Jesus. And we go, no, no, I didn't want that to happen. Why did that happen? Because we didn't want relationship. We just want judgment. And then we didn't like the bounce back. We didn't like what was brought back to us. So God is saying, when you judge, it will come back. I love the word judge in the original language. It's the word krino, which is decide or consider. So when we're judging, we're deciding or considering. So let's, like, let's look at verse two. For in the same way you decide for others, you will be decided. Ooh, I don't like that. You're gonna decide for me? I mean, no one likes to go into a, your boss's office and go, hey, we've decided, what? It's never fun. Hey, we've made a decision. Oh, oh, okay. All right. But that's why we have to watch because our choices and our decisions that we give out will come back. It's just the bounce back. The measure you give will be given back to you. The measure you consider will be considered to you. Again, when there's no relationship, when it's just surface level, your judgments are going to be impatient and harsh, and you're going to try to do things for the name of Jesus. Hey, I'm just trying to help you, man. And then they say things that aren't even true about you, but the reality is the reason they're not true is because they don't know you either, because you've not allowed time and effort to come. So if we're going to judge correctly, we have to judge and understand that I have to have a good bounce back rhythm with the people that I have and that God has put in my life. But if you're not ready for that, then don't judge. Here's number three. Don't judge if your judgment is more correcting than protecting. Verse three says it. So do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take that speck out of your eye. When all the time you've had a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck in your brother's eye. There's something interesting about having a plank eye. One, it looks ridiculous. I mean, can you imagine just someone coming in? Hey, what's up? What? What's going on? What this? Oh, there's nothing. How you doing? How's your mother? I mean, there's, there's a couple things that I've noticed already about having plank eye. First, it's unnecessary weight. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just <laughs> trying to worship. Nothing I know is you really can't have a close relationship with anyone. Hey, man, come close. No, nope, I'm good. No, no, come here. Uh-uh. I don't want to get stabbed by that board in your eye. But here's the other thing I noticed. Sometimes planks are just pieces of sawdust that's built and built and built over time. The wood pressed together. And that's why I say that we need to make sure that our choices and the things we say to people, they come out protecting and not correcting. Meaning, 
When we allow God to do what he needs to do in our lives, because here's the thing, the reason he brings us up is because there's a lot of people who try to ignore what's going on in our lives and focus on other people first. We try to be self-righteous tattletales for Jesus. Ooh, I'm telling. I hated that when I was a kid. When my siblings were like, I'm telling. I was like, no, please, sorry, okay, you can hit me back. Come on, please, I'll give you money. Like, it, like you didn't like it. But we'll go around going, ooh, I saw that. Ooh. People are like, Snuck, stop, you look weird. Which would be really weird if I just came out of the corner and I'm like, ooh, you're like, ooh. But he's saying, I, let me come in. Let me do some spiritual surgery to remove the thing you want to ignore so that you can walk in the freedom I have for you. He's saying, let me take out those years and years of sins and addictions and lifestyles that you've been holding on to. And if as long as I'm in church, then God will be okay with it. He's saying, no, I don't want you just in the building. I want the church to be in you. And so let me come in and do what I need to do in your life and remove it. But here's what happens. When God frees you from that addiction, from that lifestyle, from that mindset, then we begin to see the opening stages in other people's lives. And that's where the protecting comes in, where we see that speck that looks just like the speck that started in you. We say, hey, I just wanna get to know you. And as you get to know them and you get to hear similar stories, similar backgrounds, And then you just get to a point where you say, hey, I just want you to know, and I say this out of love, I'm seeing things that are happening in your life that happened in my life. That even though Jesus came and he transformed and he changed, there's some scars I wish weren't there. And I just want to help you. We have to understand we need to be patient. We need to do what number two says, because if we just get too impatient, say, stop doing that. And we we mean it. We go, stop. I'm just trying to tell you out of love. Stop being an idiot. They're gonna get offended and walk away. And you've built up this wall of offense where you were just trying to help them. But you forgot the bounce back. So sometimes we just have to be in people's lives to say, hey, I've been exactly where you are. And I thought if I had the right relationship, the right group, the right substance, the right thing in my life, that's all I need the right organization, the right side. That's all I need, but I found out I needed more than that. There was still this hole that nothing could fill but Jesus. And I just wanna say I love, I love you enough to tell you that if you don't take that speck out and give it to Jesus, it's just gonna grow into this unnecessary weight that pushes people away from you and becomes a thing that you never wanted. That's why we need to be in relationship with people, to be in people's lives, to be able to see things that you saw in you and you wish someone told you. That we can't just be from the side, go up, I know where this is going. It's not gonna be good. That's not what God wants. He wants, hey, I need you to be that person who's spoken in your life for them. 
to say, I'm just wanting to protect you, not correct you, because I love you. And when we do this, then we'll see this goal of, of saying, I just want to love on you. I want to have a relationship. That's the thing, guys. I think the way that we get to the heart of judgment is through relationship. That the way to get to the heart of what God wants when he says, do not judge or you will be judged, he's saying, be in relation with people so you can speak in their lives and they can speak into your life and life can happen. But again, if you just don't have the patience for this, if you're okay with what you're doing, you just feel like that's too hard, I don't wanna do that, then don't judge. Here's what I want to close with. Because I know maybe there might be someone in here, you don't have to raise your hand, but you're like, yeah, you know what? Make a good point, Pastor Giles. I don't want to do any of that stuff, so I'm just going to shut up and not judge. You got it. I'm going to stop judging. I'm going to be silent. I'm going to be quiet. And we think that's good enough. That's what God wants. You know what? I'm just going to be quiet. I'm just going to be, even though I work with people who need Jesus, even though I live with people who need Jesus, I'm going to zip it. But I was reminded of the story of the prodigal son, which I think is also a story that people know. John 3, 16, don't judge me, the prodigal son. I know this because a friend of mine who doesn't know Jesus last night said, hey, hey, there's a story about the prodigal son. I'm like, I'm talking about that tomorrow. And the story of the prodigal son is a parable where Jesus talks about this son who goes to his dad and says, hey, you know that inheritance you're supposed to give me when you die? Well, I want it now. So I don't care that you're alive. Just give me the money. I'm out. So the father does it. He divides the money between the brothers and this prodigal son. He goes and the Bible says he goes and lives this wild life, lives it up and then loses all his money. And then in the process, he gets the job feeding pigs and has this moment of just realizing that, man, I am not where I should be and my father's servants actually have it better than me. So he makes the decision, I'm gonna go back to my dad, I'm going to apologize, and I'm gonna see if he'll hire me as one of his servants. I love this story because the scripture says, as he is coming, the father sees him from a distance and runs towards him. Which someone in authority like this father, a king, would not do that. It wasn't proper to lift up your robe and run, but he did, he didn't care because he saw his son. He meets the son, hugs him, embraces him. The son says, I'm sorry, can I be one of your servants? Father says, get him a robe, get him a ring, get him sandals, and let's kill the fatted calf because my son is back. The fatted calf was, was a, not an occasional thing. It was something that you did when it was a huge celebration because the, the fatted means it had good health. So it, it represented good health, good things, a good news. So let's celebrate. And we, we, you know, we think about that portion of the story. Some of us may go, yeah, I'm the prodigal son. And we forget about the other part of Luke chapter 15. A part that talks about the brother. So I wanna go there real quick. Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 25. I'm gonna put it on the screen, it says this. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, hey, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. 
the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. All these years I've been consistent, I've been faithful, I've been keeping my mouth shut. Isn't that good enough? I'm here every Sunday and look what you're doing for that other person. You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes has come home and you kill the fatted calf for him? See, some of us are like, how dare he? But some of us are like, yeah, I can relate to that. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. See, the brother's judgment caused him to disconnect, be selfish, and relabel. You notice he didn't say, my brother. He said, that son of yours. He was so self-centered that he wanted to separate even his own brother. But God, the father, who I do believe Jesus is saying, this is God. The father says, you have everything. Meaning, don't be so self-centered about God, you haven't given me enough. I've served you and you won't even give me a goat. And we get so focused on us and then we see other people who are living it up wild and living it up crazy and they keep getting blessed and we're like, why? This isn't fair. And the father said, no, you, no, no, you're, you're not. You're seeing the outside. You're not seeing the inside. Yes, I, I, I know that he, he lived a crazy life but he was dead and now he's alive. He was lost and now he's found. So when we decide, you know what? I'm not gonna do anything. What we're saying in that is judgment defines why someone is dead, but forgets that they can be alive. When we say, all right, I'm, not, I'm gonna be quiet. Then we forget that there are more dead people out there than are in here. And I'm not just saying this so we can fill up some rows. I'm saying this because there's people in your life that need to hear the life-giving message of Jesus that can change and transform them like it's changed and transformed you. And I know some of you guys are like, you don't know my brother. You don't know my coworker. You don't know my boss. He's destined for this road and he won't listen to me and he won't hear me because all we're hoping is, oh, we just need one conversation. I just need to say, if you, didn't, if you died today, do you know where you'd go? And we think that's enough. But no, God's saying, I want you to be in relationship. I want you to be consistently talking to them and asking them questions and asking their life and smiling and being available and showing them the joy of the Lord that doesn't make sense because once they get to know your life, they go, wait a minute, why are you smiling? You should be sad. You should be angry. You should be rebuking God, but you're praising him. Why? Because it's not about this. It's about what he's doing in here. So I have the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. 
when the world throws things at me, it doesn't matter because I got the joy of the Lord. And through conversations and you asking them, then they're going to start asking you, why are you like that? Oh, I got Jesus. Oh, okay, you're one of those religious people. No, 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 I'm not a religious person. I'm a Jesus person. Like I, I'm not doing rules and regulations. I, I'm, I'm seeking Jesus and I'm seeking his word because he's alive in me. But here's the great thing. You know my story. You know my past. I shouldn't deserve this, but he gives it anyways. So if he can give it to me, why can't he give it to you? It's funny, sometimes we, we, we pray and hope that if we just invite him to church, then I'll take care of it, or Pastor Sean will take care of it, or Pastor Sean, they'll, say, they'll, they'll speak to him. But sometimes it takes us just telling our story for them to go, okay, I want that. And sometimes people will come to church after they gave their life to Jesus because they want what you have. Again, judgment is consider, is decide. I decided to give my life to Jesus and it's changed my life. And if you decide the same thing can happen to you because I don't deserve it. None of us deserve it, but he gives it anyways. So why do we need to judge correctly? Because we need to be in people's lives. We need to help them from where they are to where God wants them to be. And we cannot get comfortable with people staying dead. And we need to strive to lead them to where they can find life. Can I pray with you? Now, some of you might be that person I'm talking about. Where you go, man, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I, I'm, I am not a religious person. Like, I don't have a relationship. I don't have any of that. But I just heard you say that I don't have to earn it. I just get it. Well, how is that possible? Well, Jesus came and he lived a sinless life. He did everything right so that he could come and be that ultimate sacrifice that we needed. Because the wages of sin is death. But Jesus gave us life and life everlasting. And all we have to do is not work for it. We just have to accept it. Accept that he, he came, he lived a sinless life, went to the cross, but also overcame death from the grave. Have a relationship with him means you're gonna make him your Lord and your savior. Meaning I'm gonna give him control of my life, to be the Lord of my life. And Savior is I'm gonna allow him to take all my sin, all my shame, everything I've done and everything I'm gonna do so that I can walk in freedom in him. So with everyone head bowed and eyes closed, why do I do that? Because I want you to have a one-on-one -on -one moment with Jesus. I want you to ask yourself, do I have a relationship because of my attendance or do I have a relationship because of acceptance? And if I don't, then in a moment, we're gonna do one of two things. I'm just gonna have you raise your hand and look at me. You put it down as quick as you can, and then we're gonna say a prayer together. So if that's you, with no one looking around. I just want you to have a one-on-one -on -one moment with God. I said, I've never done that, but I want to do that today. Today, I want him to make him my Lord and Savior. I want him to come in my life. I want him to change and transform me and make me alive. That's you. Can I just have you raise your hand real quick? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Yep, I see that hand. Yep, I see that hand. 
All right. Let's say this prayer together, but let's not just say it to say it. Let's walk in it. Let's believe it. Say, Jesus, thank you for what you did on the cross for me. I give you my life, all my life, for you to do whatever you need to do. I welcome you to be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time, here's the thing, we wanna help you. That's just step one. There's so many things we'd love to help you with. So if you could just grab that card. In fact, if it's your first time with us, we'd love for you to grab a card and just give as much information that you're comfortable with. And we'd love to help you on your Jesus journey, going from where you are to where God wants you to be. In fact, we have this class happening right now every second and fourth Sunday called Foundations, where we could help you grow in your Jesus journey to answer those questions. Okay, I, I said the prayer, I meant it, now what? So we can help you understand the Bible, understanding prayer, understanding worship and all those things. But right now, if you could do that, just fill out that card, check or scan the QR code, do it digitally, check the box saying, I'm choosing to follow Jesus so we can give you those steps. Hey, can I pray with you one more time, but I don't want you to bow your heads. Why? Because I need you to see that my hand's raised also. Because as I was writing this message about judging, I got really convicted on how much I actually judge when I'm on social media, when I'm out in public, and God kept saying, stop acting like that. Stop acting because of what they're wearing, but because of what they believe in or what they identify as, because the reality is these are all people that God loves and that God wants to do life in and God wants to bring them back to life. So maybe you're in here and you're, sitting, and you're just like me and you say, you know what, Pastor Dallas, I am a Jesus person. But man, I've been judging on the surface level and I have not been doing relationship with people. But I wanna start, I wanna start getting to know people who God has put on my heart because the reality is if you put them on your mind, you probably put them on your heart. So he wants you to connect with them and get to know them and understand the real thing behind the outer edge. I've been judging on the outside, but God, I wanna start building relationships and get to know people and on the inside. If that's you, can I just raise your hand with me? Agree with me? So Lord, right now we thank you Lord, for the honesty of people saying, I'm not gonna live that way anymore. I'm not judging on appearance. I'm not judging on words. I'm not judging on mistakes, but Lord, I'm gonna see the heart in it. And I'm gonna find the heart in it when I do relationship with people, when I connect with people and get to know them and allow them to get to know me. So Lord, I pray for great stories, great connections, and people who will begin to know the life-giving message of Jesus because of our testimony. Lord, do amazing things in our city. Lord, we believe you're gonna fill this room with people who are now alive in you because of the words of people in this room now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us this week. Still thinking about the message? Go follow our message recap podcast, Chew On That. The Chew On That podcast is a podcast where Life Church staff chew over the latest messages to dig deeper into our faith. Tap the link in the episode description to have a listen. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We'll see you next week.